DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to walk in. welcome in Tim Lacombe. He's on the Jazz pregame, halftime, and postgame shows right here on The Zone after uh, coaching basketball as an assistant at BYU and before that being on Rick Majerus' staff at Utah. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Why, why were we so sterile on the intro music? An I excellent really question. Expect- I really expect some, some, you know, at least when I come on, some rock and roll. So, Jake, just make a note of that, please. I actually, I, I just realized I should have played some, should have played some of your, your music coming in. We'll do that in the future. Yeah, though. yeah, we don't even need to do that because it's not that great. But it's you know, fantastic as well. equals rock and roll. What's going on today, DJ? Football season has turned to basketball season. The calendar is changing. I know there's some NFL playoffs coming up and a couple of college football playoff games. But hoops is revving up. It is your time of year. It is my time of year. I love it. And um, it's it's become especially more fun the last couple of years. Uh, you know, I mean, I've obviously missed a lot of facets of being in the game day to day, but it's it's also nice to have kind of a – uh, a high-level view of it all, and I guess a dashboard, if you will, and uh, be able to kind of bounce around and watch certain teams, and and then this opportunity to watch the Jazz every game um, has been really fun too to kind of dig in to see how they do things and and the adjustments they make and that sort of thing. So, um, really, uh, really great opportunity, and and the Jazz look to have uh you know a pretty solid roster this year that um in a western conference that's kind of a little up and down by the day uh it'll be interesting to see how it all falls out i'm liking the way conley's playing tim i think that if i could boil it down to a in one word it would just be comfortable meaning he's comfortable with his role comfortable in the system comfortable playing with the guys that he's playing with which is leading to production yeah, and, you know, we talked a lot about that last year, and, and, you know, people, fans, you know, don't really want to hear that, but it, it is a reality. I think, um, you know, just picture any facet of life you're in. Uh, I know your golf game's never gotten comfortable, PK, but, you know, mine has over time. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm happy you're comfortable with mediocrity. Woo. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Booner before the game the other night, and, and that whole deal we can talk about it, but it's so surreal because we're up on the third level. We're, you know, on the studio, Jake and I doing the games. And if you walk out that door of the studio and walk into that empty arena, like in a jazz road game, and the the arena is dark for the most part, and the, the the screens lit up, and those guys are sitting there, and I can hear. From that upper level, I can hear Locke yelling and screaming, and I can hear uh, Bowler, and it's just kind of kind of crazy, kind of surreal. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mike Conley has definitely found his groove here in Utah. Um, I was one that constantly tried to speak somewhat of you know, they calm down. Data points proved everything's going to normalize, and and they have. Um, he, he seems to have a real great chemistry right now as well with Rudy. I know that was something that was talked about. They didn't have a great chemistry. Um, but he made a play in the fourth quarter of the game the other night uh, where they really did rip a, a loss out of, out of that column and put it in a win column late. Um, but he made an awesome pick-and-roll move. He got into the paint, 
um, you know, kind of acted as though he's going to go left hand and then scooped it to Rudy late for a layup. It was kind of a pivotal basket. So um, I love I love Mike. I think he's – I love his game, but I also believe in the type of character he is and has, and I think he's great for that locker room. Do you think Rudy is grinding in a level he hasn't in the past? Do you think there's a part of him that knows with the big money contract comes lots of scrutiny and he doesn't want to give people anything to uh, to latch on to? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but do, do you see any of that? There seems to be a determination with him and a kind of a focus play-to-play. That it, I know he's had it at times before, but I don't know. For some reason, it's jumping off the screen at me now. It is. It is me too, and I don't know whether it's that or – um, you know, with great expectation, um, you know, with that expectation level, he just knows he's got to step it up. But I, I see it for sure. I see it in him running the floor. Um, he's always been an unbelievable screen guy. Um, and I know Locke talks a lot about his screen assists, which if you watch this team um, game by game, it really is remarkable how many – offensive plays he's involved in getting guys baskets um, and, and his ability to do that. But where I see it more is, is just in his effort on the glass. Um, he's just been a, he's always been really good on the glass, but making like second effort plays. And, um, and then we haven't even talked about the number of shots he impacts on the defensive end, which is, um, you know, that last play Oklahoma city went right at him. He really had to guard kind of a uh, a handoff, uh, you know, a ball screen, a handoff, and a switch, um, and he handled them all really well. So, yeah, I, I think Rudy has definitely um, been a, a real bright spot. I think Rudy and Mike have been the most consistent guys through the early part of the, you know those first couple games. I know you're either supposed to dunk it or take threes. But I think Mitchell's mid-range game is as good as anybody's in the league. And I've got no problem with him doing that, even if it goes against what the wisdom and conventional wisdom is right now. So if he wants to do it, I say have at it. How about you? Yeah, you know, right now Donovan's just, um, you know, I, more than anything, has just it, everything else has been pretty constant. His shot just isn't falling at the rate. It was falling last year, and it's just early, a couple games in. Um, but we all know what he's about. I'll tell you what, the one thing he, he is about is closing out games. Um, scored the last 12 points of the game against the Thunder uh, and made that nice little drive right into Dort, who had been uh, a nemesis for him really all game long. Uh, but he drove it right at him, kind of right through him, and got to that little pull-up uh, off one leg. But I, I'm with you, PK. I think there's part of um, part of the game, and I know analytics really does kind of rule the majority of it. But I, I think the mid range actually may be where Donovan kind of finds his rhythm again. Maybe a shot fake, one dribble pull up, um, because he's so good at that. And uh, I really love him going at the rim, though. That's what I was really excited to see late in that game against Oklahoma City. The play before. He, he took a step back three that was, you know, was a tough one because guy was right there. He, he in fact came down and could questionably could have maybe been a foul. Just didn't give him a lot of room to land. 
but I loved how he, he just said, you know, this last play, I'm getting to the rim. And um, he, he's really, really nearly unstoppable when he, he lowers his head and gets to that rim. You know, even when he misses that shot, and in the game they lost at home to Minnesota, he drove and missed a couple times, but he took two guys with him, and because of the way they're spread on the floor and the way they have to run at him, their momentum carries them under the glass and out of bounds when they're challenging his shot, and Rudy's getting these put-back dunks. There's no one to block him out with. There's no one to fight for the rebound with, and so even though in the box score it looks like a fail for Donovan because he misses a shot and who wants to miss a shot, the truth is they might as well be giving him an assist when he takes those guys out of bounds that way. Yeah, you know, that's actually a great point. I think um, the way the team's at least Minnesota after Portland and similarly Oklahoma City um, did a great job of being really physical with the Jazz trying to blow up their ball screen handoff game and, and really make the ball handler have to finish um, with a little bit of late help from the big and the reason you see and it's a really astute point we used to talk about it all the time when big guys are coming over to shot block it really does leave uh, the opportunity for the glass to be cleared for the for the opposite big, and Rudy has made um, you know really big plays just attacking that, and it really does come from the way teams are guarding the Jazz because guys typically you've got guards and forwards in there in help, but what teams are pretty much doing right now are just staying home on shooters after seeing the Portland game and making Donovan Mike. Uh, Bojan, um, Joe, whoever the other ball handlers are, really kind of finish tough shots over bodies as opposed to, you know, coming off of shooters to give help. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think anything the Jazz can get going vertically, uh, when they play the game vertically and they play with uh, really good pace, and by vertically I mean attacking the rim, um, one play stands out in that little run they made against Oklahoma City, but Bojan drove it kind of lane right right lane line extended um, and drove right down the lane and forced somebody to help off the corner, and it was Royce, and he pitched it out for three. Um, but those are the type of plays, you know, that really get the Jazz going and, and things that hopefully we can see more of. So, boys, we need to trademark this. We just came up with a new stat for Lock to go berserk on. Instead of just the screen assist, now we have the miss off the glass assist. Well, I think there's all sorts of different ways to phrase this stuff. Why not phrase it? So what do you got? I'm going miss assist. What do you guys got? That actually could be confused for a beauty pageant. I know. But I like it. <laughs> the more beauty we can bring into the game, and we can start calling basketball the beautiful game. Yeah. Hey, so I had a sleepover last night over at my my. You guys know I have a grandson now, right? I'm a I'm an old guy. Wow. Um, but I'll tell you what, mornings with the little grandkid, oh, they're pretty fun. So you I try mornings with DJ Tim. It's like Tuesdays with Maury. These are mornings with Hank. Um, what percentage really of our funny. what percentage of our audience has read or even heard of Tuesdays with Maury? I bet more than you more than you know. Oh, really? Okay. Let's take a poll. Yak, will you throw that up, <laughs> please? Because I just want to prove DJ wrong that I'm a man of the people. 
Yeah. I think you're a literary giant. I think that's what you are. Um, this Little Piggy Went to Market. <laughs> yeah, those are the books I'm into. But Tuesdays with Maurice, that was, that was, a, that was a great show. And, and we watched Soul last night. I highly recommend that. Were you uh, at home, COVID, looking for something to watch, new movie that's out? Soul, really good. Have you watched the Phoenix Suns, and do you buy that they are improved, much improved, greatly much improved, winners of multiple Miss Assist Awards, and tremendously improved? How good are they? I think improved. I I think anytime you put a, you know, you've got a Devin Booker and you've got young talent, and then you add some stability. My thing has always been how will those two guys interact and how will they play together? Um, And my lean toward that is that it will actually go well because I think Chris Paul, regardless of how you feel about Chris Paul, last year really has to stand out. I mean, he was basically exiled to Oklahoma City and left for dead. And, um, you know, they, in my mind, were one of the success stories of the league last year in terms of what they were expected to be and what they ended up being. Um, And I think a lot of that speaks to the management and the way they do things, but I also believe that Chris Paul is one of those kind of guys that is going to rally with whatever group he's with and try to make the best of it. Um, so my thing, I, I think they're, I think they're, they're improved. I'm not going to go vastly greatly. What's interesting to me right now is that the bottom of the West, after you get through, and even sorting out teams two, three, four, five at times can get tricky. But man, I don't even know, you know, what what really who is really going to be eight, you know, who's going to be seven and eight. Uh, I think are going to be the more interesting things there because, um, you know, at one point some you know I've heard people say the Clippers are going to are going to beat the Lakers, vice versa, uh, in the West. And then I flipped the TV on the other night, and I, seriously, I thought it was a typo. It was seventy-seven to twenty-seven at the half. And I couldn't even believe my eyes. Um, but that's just, you know, with a, with a season that's pretty much on the heels of a, a season prior and then all of the, um, the rest and management that players are experiencing now and then COVID and everything else, man, there's a lot of variables. So I, I will say the Lakers are going to be one. Um, and I think everything else is basically up for grabs. So we've been saying this, speaking of number one, the last several years, this is the best Gonzaga team ever. We're right back at it again, aren't we? Yeah. um, I've said that. You know, last year I was was tepid on the Zags. Uh, It reminded me of a year, and I still liked their team a ton. They were obviously terrific. But in the teams I had seen, I ranked it down a ways because I didn't love their guard play last year. Felt like they really did just kind of plug some pieces in that weren't awesome fits. Um, this year is completely different. I mean, you get Nimhard from Florida eligible, and you got Aaron Cook, who was an absolute star at Southern Illinois and can just really run a team. Um, and then you bring Suggs in, haven't even talked about Kispert, who, DJ, I would be curious to your thought, but I, I think Kispert's playing his way in an NBA career. I mean, this guy is 6'7", 
uh, isn't anything on the floor he doesn't do. He's he's a prototypical three and D guy in the NBA, I think, because he's tough. He can really guard, and man, his range has just improved. Um, and then you got Timmy, who's spectacular. I guess the only piece that maybe's not up to the level of all those other guys is Watson at the four. But man, I think you can almost play a lot of the game with four guards out there and Timmy and just create havoc for everybody. Um, I saw last that's, night they struggled that's with Havoc. Havoc. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Yuck. Havoc. Um, they did wreak havoc on it, wreak havoc on <laughs> 60 last night. Um, 115 to 62 or something like that. Um, 112, 112 to 67. Okay, sorry. I text Andrew May, who's an assistant, at, and he was with us at BYU, and I text him before the game. And he actually texted me from shoot-around at the arena and sent me a picture of the midcourt logo. I had some PTSD, got through it. Um, but I asked Andrew, can you keep that thing to within 38? And he said, if Suggs plays, we might have a chance. If Suggs plays, we, we won't have a chance. But <laughs> he didn't play, and they still didn't keep it close. So, anyway, I was just curious about 38 because it was an arbitrary number set by someone. <laughs> nice. Hey, the Utes are going on the road, and we know they only won one Pac-12 game on the road last year. What shot do you give them uh, against UCLA and USC and, and getting a road win and just setting a different tone going out on the road this year early because the guys who made these trips last year are obviously going to have memories, so the, the sooner they change that, the better. Yeah, you know what's really hard to me is Utah's had um, this year, they've had so many starts and stops with COVID. I can't imagine how hard it is to get in a rhythm. Um, when they play their last game, like Idaho State, was that right? Yeah, I think you're right. Clearly. Yeah. About a week ago ish. Um, so it's been a while, and I, I, that's the only fear I have is that it is so hard, first of all, to, you know, to get in a rhythm and a flow when you have that interrupted. And, and I'm, a lot of these cases, I'm sure, haven't had their full team to practice and everything. Um, I would feel more comfortable if they were going, um, you know, on a different road trip. UCLA is obviously kind of back up again, and USC. I mean, I watched. I've watched them play a couple times. I watched the BYU game, and man, they were amazing that night. So, um, I think that you know what Utah needs to do in, in approaching it is just go out and try to get that very first one, um, and try to change the the trend. I mean, they've got some guys at least that have been there before last year there was a bunch of new guys trying to do it so um get some kind of rhythm get some kind of flow and go out there and try to get that first one and then you're playing on house money tim lacombe our basketball insider joining us you hear him on jazz games on the pre-half and post-game shows tim as always we appreciate a few minutes all right so yuck that Tuesdays at Maury Pole, please, for me on Twitter. I appreciate it. We'll take Because I know if DJ's in charge, it'll get uh, vetoed. But I do just want to show him that is a – We I got you covered. Okay.
All right. Look forward Thank soon, you, Tim, and get all your friends to vote so you can fix the outcome of this thing. No, I'm not going to do that. I, oh, great. I'm, Another rigged I'm, election. Here we go again. I'm big on democracy, guys. <laughs> I'd like the people to have a voice. More rigged voting. Jeez. Yeah. All right, PK. DJ, carry on. Thank you, Tim. Tim Lacombe, join us here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.